Howdy, LifePoint family. My name's Matt. Those of you who don't know me, Matt Sidley, I'm one of our life group leaders here at uh, LifePoint Church. Uh, Jim's not here today. He's not here this Sunday morning. He's uh, been gracious enough to tag team, let me tag team with him this sermon series that we're going on through uh, Simple Virtues for Complex Times. And uh, I am happy for the opportunity to get to share God's word with you this morning. Um, I am wearing my shirt. I don't know if you can see it. Like I've got, I might have to go up and down just a little bit here. But this is my uh, World Vision 6K shirt. Um, our church is doing a 6K walk, run, marathon, whatever you want to call it, uh, to help support people in uh, developing countries to be able to get fresh, clean water. Um, and that's coming up on May 16th. There are details about it, like on the church's website, the Facebook page, all that stuff. I've seen a couple posts about it already online. But it happens on May 16th, and because of social distancing right now, um, we're all kind of setting up our own routes and doing it in different locations, um, and not all together as we were hoping to do it. Uh, but you can sign up all the way up until, like, the 16th, like the day of. You can sign up, but uh, you might not get the cool shirt in time. It might come later. Um, and I don't know if you're interested in participating and you're maybe you're not able to walk right now, but you want to, you can even sign up and, and uh, support financially online if you'd like. Uh, but I just wanted to rock the shirt because I also like orange. Uh, and just as a reminder that that's coming up here because we are moving into the month of May. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray as we get started this morning and we look at God's word. So let's let's bow our heads together. Father, we just uh, we thank you for today. Uh, we thank you for today, even amidst the, the strangeness of what days are now, uh, amidst this uh, coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic that we're facing and sheltered in place. And Father, we just ask that you uh, you heal those that are sick and that you protect those that are out there on the front lines, the essential workers, uh, and everyone that's having to go out from illness. I know that we have uh, our own community has already been hit by the effects of uh, this virus. I, I ask that you would... Uh, uh, bring healing to those families and be with them, With I know, with the Biggs family and then also with uh, the Volcart family right now. Father, our hearts go out for them. And Father, I ask you help us just with our relationships as we're, as we're in our homes and not going out to other places. Uh, and those relationships are strained. Father, we ask that you would just uh, help us with those relationships. Uh, we ask that you be giving our leaders wisdom at the, at the, the local, the state, the federal, and Father, leaders across the world as this is happening all over. We just ask for your wisdom there. And Father, we ask that you be with um, just us during this time, because uh, it's a time, it's it's strange, it's unlike anything that we've experienced before, anything I've experienced in my entire lifetime. Father, I ask that you would just speak to us today through your word, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I was about to say you guys may be seated, but chances are you're probably already seated on your couch at home. Or who knows, maybe you're sitting down listening and I'm coming through your earbuds at work. I don't know. But we're in our third message in the sermon series, uh, Simple Virtues for Complex Times. Um, and that's based off of uh, the fruit of the Spirit that's found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Uh, but right now might be the most complex time, I was thinking about this, that you or I have ever lived through. Or might ever live through in our entire lives. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not psychic or, or claiming prophetic powers or something of that nature. But there's. I've never experienced anything like this. Just the amount of uncertainty that there is in society. Just the amount of the fear, the pain, the death, the wondering, the sorrow, the confusion, the doubt, and just all the questions. You know, when when are we going to be able to go out again? When is life going to return to normal again? What is normal going to look like? Um, and there's just, there's a lot of questions and, 
And this time that we're living in, as we're living in it together, living through it together, it highlights all the more the importance of God in our lives. All the more the importance. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn with me, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, it says here, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Throughout the, the, the entire Bible, this, there's this major theme of, of fruitfulness. Uh, and today we're going to be looking at one uh, aspect, one, one virtue, as we've titled it, of the fruit of the Spirit, because my father is ringing out in my ears is that when we talk about the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is singular. Jim talked about this in his first, uh, the first sermon series when he was looking at love, because love is definitely, love is the one that binds everything together. And, uh, but at the same time, it's still all one. It's one fruit. It's not multiple fruits, but we're going to be looking at the virtue aspect of peace today, looking at the first you aspect of peace, but it's, it's singular. It's not plural. So what is peace? That's kind of the first question we have to look at. Like, what is peace? And I don't know about you guys, but for myself, when I want to, like a definition of a term, I, I Google it, right? Or I search for it on dictionary.com and I go, what is, what is the definition of peace? So if you look online and did a quick search online, <clears throat> you'd find something that says something like this, that it's defined as freedom from disturbance, right? Tranquility in a state where there is no war is kind of your generic worldly definitions of peace. And, I think that there's kind of a generic inherent draw that we all have towards peace. You might have some people that are really like, don't want peace, but I think those are more few and far between. But I think most people would say, yeah, like I'm interested in peace. And that definition that you just said, like in the 60s, we had the peace movement. And they, you know, they wanted to end war and end uh, the, the violence and the atrocities that, and things that are going on uh, back in the Vietnam War era. Right? We got peace, right? Everyone's after it. it you look at things like in the, one of my wife's favorite movies, uh, Miss Congeniality, uh, when she goes undercover at the beauty pageant and they're asked like, what's the most important thing? And it, it's kind of the cliche, stereotypical answer that everybody wants world peace. And you find out at the end, Sandra Bullock's character is like, you know, she kind of starts crying because she's like, I really do want world peace. She wants world peace. Cause no war, that sounds good to me. Does that sound good to you? That sounds great. Tranquility? Sure. I'll take some tranquility. It makes me think of this kind of futuristic utopian society, like almost like Star Trek, where like kind of everyone's getting along and there's no more money and all this stuff. Like that'd be great. But freedom from disturbance? <laughs> yes. Freedom from disturbance. I want freedom from disturbance. I have right now three tiny tyrants that live in my house and that disturb me all the time. And being confined with them is not seeming to help the matter. Um, I was thinking about some examples of this, and they sound very trivia now that I'm uh, about to say them. Uh, trivia, trivia, trivial. Trivial. They sound very trivial now that I'm about to say them to you. But I have three young children at home, and I have two boys, my two youngest, my two youngest are boys, and they like cars. Very stereotypically, they like cars. But we have amassed a large amount of cars. Uh, so many cars that they can't fit into a little car bin anymore. So now they fit into this bigger bin. And so we put all the cars in the bin and their favorite activity. You know, when you come home from work, like you just want to come in, you want to see that nice clean house, that nice clean floor. And you come in and this bin that's full of like a hundred cars has just been dumped over. 
man, it's all over the place. And then it's even worse when like you're sitting on the couch and they're playing and you hear that sound as it goes all over the place. Not because they're even looking for a specific car, but because they enjoy the act of tipping it over and watching all the cars fall out and just smearing them around. And I just go, Lord, you guys are making my house so messy. Ah, oh, I'm going to have to pick this up. Lord, I need peace. I need peace from my children. I also work a, a night shift. I work a graveyard shift and, you know, like I'm trying to sleep in the morning, sometimes get a little extra sleep and the kids wake up and they're self-sufficient and can feed themselves, but they come bounding in. Daddy, I need water. Daddy, I need this. Daddy, I need to go potty or whatever. And it's just like, let me sleep. Do it for yourself. I want to be free from disturbances. I want to, and sometimes I just feel like I need a break. I don't know if you're in that boat. Do you just want a break? I just need to get away from life. I need to, also, also known as the disturbances. I just need to get away from the disturbances. I need to recharge and I just need to find some peace. I just need to find peace. I was Googling images of peace too. You know, we got the kind of traditional peace sign. We got the peace fingers. But when you look at like pictures of peace, normally you find pictures. I didn't look through all the pictures on Google. I, Put that caveat on there. But when you look, a lot of the pictures you find of peace are these nice, majestic scenery pictures where you have one person that's, you know, isolated in nature, standing on the side of a mountain or a rock or, or whatever. And they're all by themselves. Sometimes they're even in kind of like a zen-like pose. I don't even know how to do that with my fingers. But they're just there. They're sitting there just like at peace. And you look at it and you go, man, this is peace. But one thing I find, like so many circumstances throughout the... Uh, the Bible and life, I found most times what the world sees as peace doesn't line up with what God says is peace. I will say with this one that it is actually pretty close. Um, however, they're missing one key aspect to peace. They're missing one. And so if we look at kind of a, uh, the biblical definition of peace that, that Paul is using here, in his letter to the Galatians, the Greek word is, I'm going to butcher this because I'm not very good at being, it's RNA. RNA? You can double check it, Google it, find out for yourself. But it's used almost a hundred different times in the New Testament specifically. And most often it's found in Paul's letters and the other letters and it's used in ways like, you know, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, he says, go in peace. Go in peace. And then in Luke chapter 10, he says, you know, when you're visiting someone's house, he says, peace be to this house. And you find it other places. Peace be with you. May the grace of our Lord, uh, Jesus Christ, you know, like all the, like these kind of these greetings, you find it over and over and over again. It makes me think of like going to like the Catholic church when at the end, like the priest stands up and says, go in peace. Like, you know, that's kind of the, the times I see it used a lot. And I, I have to admit, I'm kind of a little bit ashamed probably to admit this. And it's one of those things that sounds simple when you say it, but I've come to realize that how little that I knew the importance of peace in the gospel message. The importance of peace in the gospel message. Kind of the, the biblical definition of peace is similar kind of to the, what we looked at as kind of a worldly definition. It's a state of national tranquility. And that's when, when I, when I was looking this up and I was just like, oh man, <laughs> does this describe a need for our state right now? Right? A state of national tranquility where it's exempt from rage and havoc and war. It's harmony between individuals. It's security. It's safety. It's prosperity. National tranquility. God, give me some of that. 
We need some of that. Don't we need some of that right now? Ah, national tranquility. But one of the differences between world's peace and God's peace is that God doesn't hang up a do not disturb sign on his peace like we do. He doesn't hang up a do not disturb sign. If we go back to the garden in Genesis, right, chapter, starting in chapter one, and here we have almost a perfect picture of what the world sees as peace, right? God has created everything. He's created the sun, the moon, the stars, the universe, the expanse, the heavens, the earth, all the planets. He's created everything. He's created all the birds of the air and the beasts of the field and the fish that swim in the sea and the creepy crawly things on the ground and all the trees and plants and mountains and the fruit bearing plants and everything. He's created all of it. And he says, it's all, it's all good. And he makes the garden and he puts man in it and he says, is very good. And we have this picture of what the world right now says, like, this is what peace is. Like, ah, God, we can just stop right there. We have peace. We have peace. But if we, if we look at uh, what he says about that, we have peace. Man, could you imagine it? Back in the garden, could you imagine it? Everything is good that there's no, there's no death. There's no fear of being eaten, right? There's no stock market crashing. There's no interest rates dropping. There's no nine-to-five work life. But if we look in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, if you want to turn there with me, feel free. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says, The Lord the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So even in this kind of, I just had to point this out, so even in this kind of picturesque, peaceful thing, God still had meaningful work for Adam to do. He was a gardener. He was the keeper of the garden. He was, one might say, the custodian of the garden, right? He was, he had meaningful work for him to do. And if we continue on, if you look at in verse 18, then the Lord God said, so we, we have this, this whole picture of creation that God has painted. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. So here from the beginning, we have God's peace that is expanding beyond just one person. It's going to be for everybody. If we back up, because chapter 2, you're kind of looking at the micro uh, version of creation. If we back up even in chapter 1, in chapter 1, verse 28, God tells Adam uh, and Eve, he says, God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the living uh, thing that moves on the earth. Fill the earth and subdue it. God's peace is for all people. It is for all generations. And it was from the beginning that he wanted it to be. Be fruitful and multiply. So for us to experience God's peace, it's not dependent on you uh, being alone. It's dependent upon your relationship with Jesus Christ, your relationship with God. In John chapter 16, verse 32 through 33, same thing, if you want to turn there with me. I've got my little cheat sheet notes here, so I turn there much faster probably than you do. So I'll give you a few seconds there to catch up. But in John chapter 16, 32, um, Jesus says this, he says, Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, 
I have overcome the world. Jesus is, is getting ready to be, he's getting ready to be taken away to be crucified. He's getting ready to be crucified. And he's reminding them, he's always not reminding them, he's telling them about what's going to happen. He says, behold, the hour is coming indeed when you will be scattered, each one to his own home. Does that not sound like today? Are we not all scattered, each one of us, to our own homes? We are. We've been scattered to our own home. And this is the part when I was preparing this that just got really convicting for me. As I was preparing to preach to you guys, preparing to speak, he says, each one to his own to and will leave me alone. How many of us during this, this whole shelter in place have retreated to our homes and have left God alone? I could say that I've, I've been guilty of this. You know, like when this first started, it was kind of like almost like this, like a little mini vacation. It, it starts like I'm going to go home and, I, you know, I'm a custodian. I'm an essential worker. I'm still showing up and cleaning, but it's like, you know, life is different. Like, so like this, you know, the kids are at home, like we're kind of in vacation mode. The kids are at home. We're not going to like start teaching them stuff yet. But I found myself letting my relationship with God slide. That I was leaving him alone. My time in the word was dropping. My time talking to him was dropping. I listened to a lot of kind of podcasts and things at work because I work with my hands and I can get away with doing that. And I wasn't doing that. I just listening to music instead. I was letting a lot of things slide, a lot of things that I was, I was leaving God alone. I don't know if you're in this boat, but if we want to experience God's peace, we need to not leave God alone. And Jesus, he set the example. Right there, he said, each to his own home, and will leave me alone, yet I am not alone. I am not alone, because the Father is with me. He's never alone. The Father is with him, and for us to experience peace, we need to be one with the Father through Jesus Christ. And he says to take heart, take heart, because you're going to have tribulation, and you're going to have difficult times. We are going to experience this pandemic. It's going to continue. I don't know if you guys have seen the news recently. The, the governor just announced that at the end of this day here in May, the homestay, that they're opening up a few things for hunting and, and fishing and some state parks. Check the actual legal things that are opening. I think golf was open too. But the part that's implied with that is they're opening up some things, but we are still going to be sheltered in place longer. We're going to face trials. We're going to face tribulation. But take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. He's overcome it. He's overcome it. There's nothing. There's nothing in the world that's greater, that's bigger, that's more powerful than Jesus Christ. He is uh, at his birth, he was announced that he was the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. If we look back a chapter earlier here in John 15, verse 5, if I can get my Bible's pages to turn back one page, John 15, verse 5, it says this. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do Nothing that we need to, the importance to 
to experiencing God's peace is that we remain in Jesus Christ, that we remain in him. And we'll see the fruit of that relationship. We'll see that, that virtue coming out in our lives. And one of the ways is that we experience peace. We experience peace amidst turmoil, amidst tribulation and pandemic, against family members and friends and enemies and everything that we, we talk about. Scripture also talks about that this peace that we have from God, it transcends all understanding. When the world looks at it and, I go, and sees you and sees how peaceful you are amongst situations and they go, what is wrong with you? How can you be so peaceful right now? Can't you see everything that's going on? Your peace makes no sense. How do you have that? How do you experience that? It's through our relationship with Jesus Christ because he has overcome the world. He has conquered the world. He has dealt with that. He's gone before us. He knows what's going on. He knows what's happening. He is the Lord of all. That we can experience peace through that. There's one last passage that I want to look at today in regards to peace. And that's in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 11 through 14, if you want to turn there. This is kind of the the meat and potatoes portion of the sermon as I was preparing. And I don't know, know about you, but I would just love it if God would just give me all this peace. Like, maybe you're listening and you're just like, man, that sounds good. I want that peace. I want that peace that God has to offer. Lord, kind of lay it on me here. Give me all the peace. I want it all. Who doesn't, Right? But like a good father, he has a way that he's going to teach us peace. He has a way that he's going to involve us in his peace. So if you turn to Hebrews chapter 12, I said, verses 11 through 14. We start there. It says, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. No one. No discipline seems pleasant. I don't know about you guys, but uh, this theme of discipline throughout the Bible, where Scripture tells us that God disciplines the ones that He loves, like like a father that loves his children. If I see something that's going on in your life that you're doing that's wrong, that's, that's going to damage your relationship with other people, damage your relationship with me, I want to do something to help correct it and, and help you become a better person. So if I love you, I'm going to do that. If I don't love you, I'm going to say, no, just continue doing as you're doing, and you're going to turn out however you turn out. And Yeah. But God disciplines the ones that He loves, and this this discipline and being disciplined, right, being disciplined by God and being disciplined in my pursuits has been a theme that has been popping up for me over this last year a lot. I don't know if this is just a very difficult thing to learn or if I'm just a very stubborn uh, pupil, stubborn disciple that is taking a long time, but it just seems to keep coming back to me over and over and over again. And it says, for those that have been trained by it, for though it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Are we willing to be disciplined by God? Are we willing to take the circumstances that he's putting us in to transform us, to be, to be pruned by the master gardener? Are we ready to submit to that? I don't think any plant thinks pruning at the time is pleasant, if plants could think and have pain. It's not pleasant, but look at the result, the peaceful fruit of righteousness. 
peaceful fruit of righteousness. Of right relationship with God. Of knowing that our relationship with God is secure. That it's solid. It's good. We have a good relationship. We don't have to live life in that state where I feel like I'm in an awkward relationship with God. Like, what does God think about me? Does God love me? Does God like me? We'll be in that peaceful state, the peaceful fruit of righteousness. In 12, it says, that get ready to work. Get ready. Strengthen, uh, strengthen your weak knees. Lift up your drooping hands. Get ready. We have work to do so that this can be, that this will be positive. It'll be restorative. But then he says here in verse 14, he says, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see God. We need to strive for peace. We need to pursue peace. Um, there's part of you, know, the, you know, the gifting of the Spirit. He's going to gift you peace. God's, there's going to be times where He can just give you peace. And you're going to experience peace. And it's going to be just great. And you're going to be like, man, Lord, you're going to ask Him, I need peace. And He can give it to you just like that. And He can give you peace from what you're going through. But there's an, also another part of it that you're going to have to work for it. Not work for it, work on it. It's like I was thinking about it. It's like if God gave you a grand piano of peace and said, here, here, Matt, here is this grand piano of peace. And I go, man, God, this grand piano, this is great. I love it. And then God says, okay, now I want you to practice with it. I want you to play the piano. I want other people to get to hear the piano playing. I don't know about for you guys, like, uh, I'm not normally, you won't see me on Sunday morning playing an instrument, like, from up front, uh, because I don't like practicing. I don't like practicing my instrument. I played the violin when I was younger, and I love to play the violin. I like the violin because I think the violin's the coolest instrument that's out there. Um, but I didn't like practicing. So naturally, as a musician that didn't practice, how good at the violin did you think I was? How many people had the benefit of my amazing music? Not very many. But God's given us the opportunity to practice the, practice this piece, to share it. We get to practice living in harmony. Practice living in harmony with others. We get to practice swallowing our pride, our, our selfishness, our, our own ambitions for the sake of our relationships with others. And right now, those relationships, I don't know about your home situation where if you're kind of stuck in there with your family even more and it's cl- t- close quarters, I don't know what it is for you. I would imagine some of your relationships are more strained due to proximity. Maybe some of your relationships are strained right now due to the opposite of proximity, that you don't get to see them. You used to seeing them face to face and talking to them regularly, but now you can't. Maybe your mom's in a retirement facility and you can't go visit her right now. I don't know. Because they're on lockdown. And there's a strain that's in your relationships, but we get an opportunity to, to practice peace in our relationships. We get to practice laying down our freedoms for the sake of brothers that might be stumbling for anything. Those things are difficult. Those things are difficult. Those things we need to practice at doing. We need to practice at doing them. We need to strive for it. And as we strive for this, as we strive for God's peace together, others are going to see God through us. Because here he says, Jim talked about this in the sermon on the first week, that no one has seen God. But from us sharing God's peace, the peace that he's given us, that we get to share with others, others will see God in us. And this is this is a hard task. Luckily, the Holy Spirit knows our weakness, knows that this is a challenge for us and is going to give us some uh, other parts of the fruit, other pieces of the fruit, virtues of the fruit, right, to help us in this, which next week Jim's going to be looking at patience. 
Patience not applicable right now in this time. Oh, Lord, I need patience too. I need patience too. So we're going to look at that one next week. But we can experience God's peace. We can experience peace with people. We can experience peace with God. And all of this is through the work of His Son, Jesus Christ. It's our hope that you choose to experience that peace. They experience that peace today, that assurance from God that God loves you, that he's redeemed you, that he knows you personally, that he's forgiven you from your sins. He's pursuing you. He wants what's best for you. He's a loving father that wants to have relationship with you. Because if you want to experience this peace, if you're interested in that peace during this time, because we can experience worldly peace, we can isolate ourselves, we can run away, we can try to fix it, but God's peace, it transcends all those things. We can have peace amongst the nations, peace amongst all people, where everyone's willing to kind of lay down for their brothers and sisters. God wanted to have peace with the world, right? He came to have peace. Uh, well, he actually says in Scripture that he came to bring the sword because he knew some people weren't going to choose this peace. Some people were going to rebel against it. Some people were going to choose the opposite of what he was saying. But that we can all experience this peace if we choose, if we want to, if we want to have that relationship with God. If you're interested in, in, in maybe talking to someone and you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm interested in this peace, if you wanted to, if you go to mylpcoli.com and if you look on one of the cart pages that's there as you're as you're scrolling through there's one that says prayer click on that fill uh, fill out the information there and tell them and let us know and say hey life point matt jim evan whoever whoever you have a relationship with at the church right hey i i want to know more i want to know more about god i want to i want to have this relationship with god i want to experience his peace help me we want to help you as we hear so often which we haven't heard as much lately because we haven't gathered is that uh, everyone's on a spiritual journey. No one should walk that journey alone. And LifePoint's about helping people find and follow Jesus. We want to help you find and follow Jesus. And we know that's difficult right now. We know that's challenging. But please, reach out. We'll be praying for you this week. Let's, let's pray together now. Father, I thank you for this time that we had to look at your word together. Father, we thank you that you've, you've gifted us this, this fruit of the Spirit, this, this, uh, this inner working in our lives that we can experience of, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Father, those are just so many things that don't come naturally for me. Father, I thank you that you've gifted those to us, that you give us the extra portions of, uh, of grace and extra measures of those things in our lives when we need them. We ask that right now in our lives that you would give us an extra measure of your peace. Father, and an extra measure of patience. Father, we just, we ask for that. We thank you that, uh, like a good father, that you want us to learn and to experience this and to share it with others. Father, help us to be people of peace members of your kingdom. You are the Prince of Peace, that we be ambassadors of peace in our communities, that we ambassadors of peace in our workplaces, um, in our homes, wherever it is that we're able to go right now at the store and when we're six feet away from other people, that we can be ambassadors of your peace to our communities and our world. 
And Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather virtually today around our around our TVs, on our couches, or, uh, or listening on the uh, the podcast or the website or however we're able to listen. Father, we just ask that you be with us this week and remind us of you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Life point, we, I think I can speak for the we, but we long for the day that we can be together again, to gather together again as a family. And uh, don't know when that day will be. We don't know when that day will be. We pray that it's sooner rather than later. But until we're able to see you again and gather together and just interact with people again, stay safe, stay healthy. May the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you this week.